0: Hello and welcome to Jaw Law. I'm your host, Joe McGregor from Dallas, Texas, and from the law firm of McGregor and & Oblad. And today, we are going to talk about what it means to be a good fit. Now, I'm going to warn you that this is probably going to be a little rambly, so bear with me. I was having a conversation with a consultant that I, that I really like, and we had concerns about a mutual client and whether or not our client was a good fit to take over a particular practice. So it got me thinking, well, what do we mean by good fit? We hear this a lot. We hear brokers say, oh, I think this person's going to be a good fit. But I don't know that we have ever really sat down and taken the time to articulate what a good fit actually is. And I want to distinguish This conversation from the partnership conversation or the associate conversation today, we are just talking about buying a practice, mainly because that's just all I've thought about today. Maybe we'll do those other two at a future date, but today it's just about buying a practice and I want to lead off with sharing The experience of a personal friend of mine way back when, and this was towards the beginning of my dental law career, I had a personal friend. I mean, that's how I got started in dental law was personal friends who were doing things in the dental world and and I got sucked in. And one of those friends was buying a practice here in Texas. My friend is an ethnic minority and he was buying the practice of an old white man of a different religion, so I had a conversation with my friend that I probably couldn't have with most of my clients, and that was, "Hey, do you think that you, as a minority, a young minority, and a religious minority, should be buying the practice where you're dealing with an old white gentleman who is of a different faith, and he's a Texan, and you, my friend, are are not? My, my friend had moved in from out of state. Well, guess what?" He bought the practice anyway, and I was very wrong. He has killed it. Not only was he able to retain all of the patients, he has basically doubled that practice. But since then, I've had a number of clients who have expressed some hesitancy. You know, Maybe a female hesitant to buy a male's practice. Maybe a, a minority a little reluctant to buy a white person's practice. Or somebody who is of a different religious faith nervous to buy a a Christian's practice. And I want to say that I think all those are valid, but they might be missing the point because if they were absolute, then my friend would have failed fast, but he didn't. He was unexpectedly a very good fit. Now, why was he a good fit? What made him a good fit? Well, I think that the way you have to think about it is in terms of the patient. It would be a mistake to just try to match up as many of these intangibles that, that we can. And it might even be illegal, You know, making sure that only men bought practices from men or only whites purchased practices from whites. But again, I, I still think that misses the point. Now, that is the cheat code to finding a good fit. We would think that if if a dentist is is Muslim and is replaced by a dentist who is also Muslim, then there is some comfortability there. Or if the outgoing dentist is African American and the new dentist is also African American, there is some comfortability. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, I think it might be incomplete. So, going back to my friend, there's no question, the first time he walked into a treatment room with each of these new patients, they saw a person who looked very different. But at the end of the day, he was very much like the seller. He had a similar skill set, and he could do a few more things, but he had a similar skill set, he treatment planned very similar, and he was able to retain all of the staff. And when he sat down with these patients, he could have pretty similar conversations that the seller was having with these patients. He was his own man. He did things his own way. He was not trying to fake it. He was authentic. But I think that he was like the seller in more ways than I realized and I couldn't have known. But it's important to remember when we say fit that the staff, for instance, that they're not going to revolt on the new buyer. So, if you have similar management styles to the seller, then there's a good chance that you're going to fit in with the staff. And if you fit in with the staff, there clearly will be less turnover. And if there's less turnover, there's less shock to the patients. If you treatment plan similar to the seller, then they don't get suspicious. And the first time they meet you and they find out that uh, last time they were in, they were told they had perfect teeth, and now they've been told they have six cavities, well, they might not believe you and they might find that that's an opportunity to go to a different dentist. So again, when we're talking about fit and even cultural fit, yeah, sometimes those superficial things are shortcuts to whether or not there is a good fit, but underneath them is going to be this way of dealing with people. Do you deal with people similar to the seller? Obviously, as a buyer, you're going to care about this because you don't want to go in. There's so much attrition, natural attrition from turnover. You don't want to do anything to exacerbate that. And having different personalities, different people skills, different management skills, all of these things create ripples in the water. And if you have too many differences you start to rock the boat. So, the next time you're going to go buy a practice, and by the way, I said this wasn't about partnerships and associates, but yeah, it kind of is, right? I mean, this is just simple human interaction. But when you are buying a practice, you need to invest some time in getting to know the seller. And you need to be careful about those brokers or whoever else that that is gatekeeping you away from interacting with the seller. You need to know, hey, do I practice dentistry? This if you're a male and you're gonna buy the practice from a female, that doesn't mean don't buy that. That just means am, am I a similar dentist to her? Do we have similar management styles? Do we have similar values, or at least the ones that are gonna be relevant to this patient base? Those are the questions you need to ask yourselves. And importantly, when you're afraid, like I said earlier, I get this question. Some people are pretty nervous to bring this up, and I get it. But yes, there is a reason to be nervous if you're going into a small Texas town and buying a practice from somebody who has nothing in common with you. Yes, you should be nervous. But that doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. It just means you need to say no for the right reasons or say yes for the right reasons. And those right reasons... Are this cultural fit? Am I similar enough in personality to this person that when I walk in there, the staff isn't going to be shocked and the patient base isn't going to be shocked? And that's all we have for you today. If you like what you hear, please find a chance to rate us on whatever service you get these podcasts on and share with your friends. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.